Welcome to the MUFG Global Markets Podcast with Ehsan Komen, Head of Emerging Markets Research EMEA. It's Friday 29th September 2023 and in this week's podcast we continue our ESG series discussing the key takeaways from New York Climate Week. The following podcast is intended for professional investors and eligible counterparties only and not for retail clients. Any content should not be regarded as an offer to conduct investment business or an investment recommendation, but for information purposes only. Hi, Hassan. How are you today? Hi, Neznina. Well, thanks. And yourself? Very good. Thank you. So it's been a busy week in the climate calendar with the New York Climate Week taking place between the 17th and 24th of September. What are your key takeaways from the week? Thanks, Neznina. So yes, the urgency to act on the climate's most pressing challenges was emphasised quite significantly at the New York Climate Week event with businesses, investors, policymakers, NGOs and consultancies all coming together to identify areas of improvement to decarbonize the global economy, mobilize capital to facilitate changes and deploy policy to speed up and scale a just energy transition. Now, a key theme that was discussed was value chain. Now, scope three emissions make up the ballpark of most sectors' total emissions, and corporates have realized that decarbonization needs collective efforts for themselves, as well as their suppliers and consumers. And one commonly mentioned challenge of these initiatives comes from the consumer side, as many corporates find it relatively difficult to convince consumers to pay a higher price even slightly, really, for a product that is, quote-unquote, done right. And so to tackle that, discussions centred on the need to do more around customer communication around their company's sustainability stance and belief, which can then help enhance brand trust as well as loyalty. Governments also have a crucial role to play here in terms of incentivizing lower carbon production and customers that purchase those products. Now, beyond this, Nazdina, at the event... California Governor Gavin Neesom uh, announced that he would sign into law two first-of-the-kind really state bills. That's the Corporate Climate Data Accountability Act, that's the SB 253, and the Climate Related Financial Risk Act, that's the SB 261, that passed the California legislature. Now, the SB 253 would require public and private companies conducting business in California and have a revenue of $1 billion or more to disclose scope one and two emissions data starting from 2026 and scope three emissions data beginning 2027. Now, meanwhile, SB 261 would require public and private businesses with revenues of at least $500 million to release reports on climate-related financial risks. Taken on net, we would say that these two bills do have a very strong impact as, of course, California is the world's fifth largest economy, as well as a pioneer in climate legislation. And it's worth to note that voluntary reporting of sustainability data is already happening, but with the new bills, corporates will need to manage their supply chain emissions more actively and deploy more resources towards monitoring and data aggregation. Thanks, Ahsan. So plenty of developments and still lots of deliberations ahead of the COP28 summit in November and December. What would you say are the core challenges in the run-up run to the summit? 
So, Nesnina, a core sticking point we foresee is the UN classification of emerging markets. So, some context here. When the principles of the UN Framework Convention on Climate Change, that's the UNFCCC, was set up in 1992, countries were effectively split into Annex 1, that is developed markets, and non-Annex 1, that is emerging markets. However, of course, the world is a different place 30 years on in terms of emissions profile, as well as in terms of economic development. And so we believe that the split in climate talks is pivoting away from bifurcation between the old, developed, and emerging markets into quadfurcation classes, that is emerging markets, but wealthy, emerging markets in general, and the most vulnerable emerging markets, alongside, of course, developed markets classification homogeneously. Now, whether this materializes or not at COP28 remains uncertain, but we are convinced that such a structural hurdle needs to be addressed if we wish to move forward with scaling the energy transition in order to meet net zero targets. And just to build on this, Ms. Nina, Emerging markets today account for nearly half of global emissions and over a third of energy-related emissions. However, the volume of capital currently being deployed to transition emerging markets to lower carbon energy sources is really insufficient to meet net zero. Indeed, volumes currently being deployed into clean energy is less than $1 trillion per uh, the, per year that the IEA estimates is needed by 2030 to effectively remain on a net zero trajectory. Now, decarbonizing energy with a special focus on power generation is the most immediate and efficient pathway to keeping emerging markets on track to net zero, as more than 75% of emission reductions do come from power sectors in the run-up to 2030. But we believe that developed markets and emerging markets investment gap is significantly wide, and it has in fact been widening over time, which today does not bode well for just an orderly transition. So the question becomes, how do you scale energy transition capital to emerging markets? And here, there are a number of supportive policies in place. And there have been, of course, welcome steps. Like just last month, the World Bank announced 15 CEOs and chairs that will make up the private sector investment lab, wherein the founding members comprise a core group charged with developing solutions to address the barriers to private sector investment in emerging markets that urgently require scaling to meet net zero, which is a very great step in our view in the right direction. And we are hopeful that COP28 will collectively unite parties to address issues surrounding mitigation, finance, loss and damage, as well as adaptation. Thanks, Hassan. Great discussing this topic with you. Look forward to speaking again next time. Take care. Thanks, Nizina. Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to this MEFG Global Markets podcast. Rate, review and subscribe and contact your MEFG sales rep for more information. Come back next week for more insights from the Global Markets Research Team.